wondered where we're going. Well, that's a good question. We're going to start with the book of James, but I want you to hold for a moment because we have several questions that people have asked over the time. Uh, and I'd like to actually make that sort of a feature where at least once a month we can just do a, a question and answer time. And the, and the questions and answers can be about doctrine, obviously, about scripture. They can be about whatever is on your mind. Now, I will sort them in that I, I don't do politics, and there will be some that I may have to answer by saying, we're going to have to do a whole series on that. For example, uh, a study of hell, or, um, well, you, you get the idea, right? I won't dodge them, but I might have to put them off because they don't really fit a question and answer format. This, uh, this church is only 13 weeks old as I make this recording, and it's reaching anywhere between 1,000 and nearly 4,000 on Sundays. Um, YouTube's numbers are all over the place. If you live by those numbers, you die by them. Uh, as David found out, numbering Israel is not always a good idea, um, but it's reaching out so many different places. And several of the groups are doing what we've asked them to do, and that is to find others in their area that are listening and sit in the same room with them if it's safe to do so. And they're doing that. So I've been asked, well, we've got this many families here. Can we just call ourselves Our Safe Harbor Church Dash and then their city? You know, I'm not sure we want to do that. And let me explain why. The last thing this world needs is another denomination. And our Safe Harbor Church doesn't consider ourselves a denomination. Look at it this way. While we are centered on a sound stage um, in Brentwood, Tennessee, this is going out literally everywhere. We get messages every week from at least four countries, and that's growing. We got some this morning and all over, of course, the U.S., and I'm finding that we're a lot deeper into Canada than, and Mexico than I thought, which is a lot of fun, frankly. All we are is the heart. We're not a brain. All we are here in Brentwood, Tennessee, is pushing Jesus out. The veins and the arteries, you know, every, it comes, goes out, it comes back in. We are pushing Jesus out but we don't want to be your brain. What you do with Jesus in your life and in your community, it may look very different in Toronto than it does in Phoenix. And it might look a whole lot different in Phoenix than it does in Needles, California, or in Cozumel, or in New South Wales, or in the prairies of America. We don't want you to have to sign a statement, a doctrinal statement. This is what we believe. We don't want you to have to pass any hurdles to be part of what we are doing at our safe harbor. So this isn't gonna be a denomination and we're not gonna tell you what to believe. We're gonna just push Jesus out and ask you, use your brain. You know, we can be a heart shoving it out there, but use your brain and use the Holy Spirit of God and do what the Spirit wants you to do where you are, even if it doesn't look like us. Remember, our safe harbor is exactly that. It is a place that is safe. So we have people in our church 
that were leaders in churches, but we also had people in our church that were thrown away and cruelly mistreated by churches. We have people in our church who aren't sure there is a God. Uh, they're agnostic. We have some that are borderline deist, and I, I get that, I do. And we have some atheists that watch us every week, not to make fun of us or to find fault, but rather just to see if it's worth hearing. They are all welcome. And that leads us to another question that we've received. And we don't know, when we get email, we don't know if the questioner is sincere or if they're trying to get quotes to use against us. Be aware, that happens a lot. We don't really care, it's all right. We'll answer the question if we can. And the question I've received more than once is, can a gay person be a member of your church? Yeah. Then the question came back, said, well, do you have any gay people in there already? I don't know. I would assume so. There are certain parts of the population, certain percentage. We have people in our church that have every kind of attitude about um, the LGBTQ community that one can have. I'm sure we've got people that believe it's all entirely a choice made in the mind and it's 100% sinful. And I believe, I'm, I'm certain, we have people in our, uh, our church who are completely affirming. But you see, from the pulpit and in my classes, I'm not going to preach about that. I'm going to talk about sexual purity, and I'll, I'll talk about what Jesus says, and I'll talk about what Scripture says here or there. But I'm not going to ride any pony to divide people or to make you feel like you don't have access to Jesus at our safe harbor. You come, you get Jesus. What you do with Jesus, that's really up to you. Now, if we can help you, we're in, all in, all right? And so any of those questions, whether they're sincere or gotcha, let me just answer, everybody's welcome, except, you knew there was an except. If you come in and you become harsh and mean and divisive, no, that would endanger the safety of the harbor. We don't want that to happen. Uh, I do want you to start thinking now about voting because uh, of the way this is all set up. We really, it would cause too much of a lag to, for you to vote and then we move on to the next Bible study. So we are going to start James today. It's not a long book, but why we're starting it is this. Now that we're done with Revelation, which I'd started when I was at another church, so I needed to finish it. I thought about doing the New Testament books in chronological order. Now, it's not always entirely agreed by everybody which book came in which place, but there is general agreement about their general placement. And James is, I would say universally, by theologians I've checked, said to be the first book written uh, after Christ that would later then become part of the New Testament. So. We're gonna do James, all right? That said, I'd like for you to vote. What do you wanna do in the midweek? Do you wanna, what book would you like to study? What idea? Or is there a doctrine that you'd like to go over? I can't promise you we're gonna do it, but I sure would love to hear from you. So you just send me your emails at patrick at oursafeharbor.com. Patrick at ourSafeharbor.com. 
And as you can see on this YouTube channel, we, um, we don't spell harbor the British way. We're saving the U's. So it's just H-A-R-B-O-R, rsafeharbor.com, Patrick, all right? Got it? All right, um, speaking of Patrick, uh, I got a, a note, and I've got to admit it's been on my mind as well that needs to be answered. And that is, um, somebody said, every time anybody gets up on the mic, and, and I'm sure what they mean is when we bring in videos, because we have at least two videos every week for people who are outside members all over the world will lead us in prayer, uh, reading of scripture, and the Lord's table. Sometimes they'll do other things, but that's, that's the main thing. And most of them will start or have a little line in there about thanking me or thanking me and Cammie and how much they love us. Well, somebody tuning in, I see, I absolutely understand how they would respond, and that is, is this all about you, Patrick? Is this some sort of a vanity project? That's a fair question. Absolutely fair question. And I'll give you a fair answer. I don't think it's all about me, but I get a little uncomfortable too when people praise me. I wanna tell you why they're doing it, but also tell you what we're asking, all right? They're doing it for a couple of main reasons. One, there were tens of thousands worldwide, and we heard from a lot of them, that were horrified at things that happened to us last October. And they wanna rally around and say, we back you. And I, that's, that's heartfelt, it, it, it hits us hard. And we're so grateful. Also, number two, for 30 years, I have been building a presence around the world by speaking, and most of those are recorded somewhere. I've never charged people to put it up, use it, copy it. I've never copyrighted a thing and won't. And I know that means that financially we'll be hurt, but you know, I just don't want to paywall between anybody and Jesus. But I've been doing this for 30 years. So I've built up an awful lot of people that if I'm in Colorado, they listen to me there. If I'm in Tennessee, they listen to me here and I could go on, you get the point. And now they're so excited to be a part of the church where I'm preaching and teaching and they get to play a part. Uh, many of them very isolated, either isolated spiritually because no church around uh, has the love and Jesus thing they're looking for, or they're isolated geographically. I mean, there are places in America where you still have to drive an hour and a half or more to get to a Walmart. So it's hard to find Christians to, or anybody to worship with. So they're very excited. That said, I think it's very, it's a fair question. And I'm gonna ask people to thank us privately, but not to do so much on the videos anymore. Is that fair? Also, it isn't just a Patrick project. Uh, I have a large team of men and women behind me who advise me, who pray for me, and who meet with me constantly. And they sharpen me, they, they challenge me, and I love it. We also have a growing group of people who are ready to produce content for this YouTube channel and who will be speaking and who will be doing more and more as I age and as I ease away. And that easing away may take six or 10 years. These people are coming in more and more. We want this to, to way outlive me and not look like me and not need me. Right now, I'm the guy producing content. We're 13 weeks old. 
but there are others coming alongside. Is that fair? That was very long. That was 12 minutes of an interest, um, or of an introduction. But some of these questions I, I felt were very, very important for us to answer. Um, again, do you want me to do a, uh, another, want to go chronologically through the New Testament? I'm up for it. Do you want to do uh, just Jesus stories, which I did for years and years, and people loved them. And what we do is walk through a gospel, then walk through the next one. By the time we're done with all four, we've usually eaten up a couple of years and we start over. So if you want to do something like that, we can do that as well. Fair enough? James. James. We won't make this a long lesson. Uh, this is the most Jewish book in the, in the Bible. It, I'm sorry, in the New Testament. Very Jewish. Um, I think you could probably say that Matthew has a lot of Jewish there too, because that was his target. That was, that's who he was going for. But James was a Jew who thought like a Jew and wrote to the Jews who were believers, but scattered by the persecutions that had just gotten started, plus by economic necessity, they'd had to move about. This is written about 50 AD, 5-0 AD. So, you know, only 16, 17 years from the death and resurrection of Christ. And he starts, James, a servant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations, greetings. Um, people just, I just want you to know, used to be universal. People said, this is James, the brother of Christ. Um, in other words, the son of Joseph and Mary. The, um, uh, the, the Roman Catholics and Eastern Orthodox would adjust that somewhat and say he was a, a stepbrother. Uh, some groups have called him a cousin. And today it's kind of fashionable to say probably it wasn't, he wasn't related to Jesus. I think that's more a function of fashion than it is of scholarship. I think it is fair to say we cannot be 100% certain. But I will tell you that when I read this, I think of him as the full brother of Jesus Christ. All right? So my prejudices are right there on the table for you. And you get to do as you wish. Consider it pure joy. By the way, this is not an easy opening. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. All right, the paragraph's not over, but I think we need to sit back, have a um, cool beverage, and, and say, what did we just read? Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. James is the gym rat of the spiritual set. I'll explain. I have a, this will be quite a shock and I hope you're sitting down. I do not frequent gymnasiums. Um, they, uh, they smell like sweat and socks and they are full of people grunting and sweating and I, there's nothing, the only machine I know how to work there is a snack machine. And I'm not really interested in the other ones. That said, you know, even Paul says bodily exercise profits little. That's way out of context. It's a joke. All right. Um, people who go tell me it's the best part of their day. And I, I believe them. You see, we're allowed to be different. And I don't question their experience or their take on the experience. 
and they'll talk about how it makes them feel stronger and better and healthier and how they sleep better. And I believe them. And some of them go and really get into it. You know, today's leg day, now's arms day, and next, I don't know, earlobe day, whatever they do, and they really get into it. But when I look at them, they don't look like they're having fun. It's, it's hard work. It is hard work. But it's the only way to get into the shape they want to be in. You can't go in and say, how many times have people fallen for the take this pill and you'll lose weight? It doesn't work. It's a Weight is such a complicated thing. It, it, there's so many factors that come into this. And I'm going to be the last one to ever fat shame anybody. Like I said, I don't go to the gym. Uh, I I, I'm only thin because of all of the, uh, uh, the preacher salary I've been. <laughs> no, that's not even fair. Um, it is, um, it's amazing to watch these people. And they'll tell you no pain, no gain. James is going to bring the pain. Jay Adams, a guy that was really popular in Christian counseling and evangelical circles in the 80s, uh, made a comment that I've quoted many times, and so I want to give it to him. He says, James is the cosmic dentist. You know you need to go, but you know it's going to hurt. And he's the one that goes, come on, bring on the trials, because the more we exercise with the trials, the more spiritually fit we will be. See? the gym rat of the spiritual set. I look upon this and I've never in my life asked God to send me trials. I've asked him to take away every single trial that's come at me. I want the magical formula of being fit without pain. You know, the seals have a saying, the only easy day was yesterday. In other words, it's not gonna get better. On my Monday morning messages, as we talk, doing this series on who told you that, uh, People have said, I'm really sorry for all the heat you've taken. You know, not taken much. I know that I have been roasted, pilloried, and hung on some websites and some uh, Facebook pages, but I don't go there. So I'm okay. Whenever when they find me at my page, and they've actually hacked in, taken over my accounts a few times, not recently. It's all right. It's okay. It doesn't really bother me anymore. So... Don't you worry about it. And don't you worry about it if they come at you either. Count it pure joy. Why? Because when you learn how to face all of these trials, it's going to build perseverance. Now, you see, James, I would have led with something else. If you're going to lead, first of all, count it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Then you need to follow that up with, there will be cake. There will be blessing on the other side. No, not yet. He says, because it's going to toughen you up. For what? In other words, what else is coming? Well, yeah, hang on. Let perseverance finish its work. Don't stop just because it's hard. Don't stop just because it's tough. Why? So that you can become mature and complete. You can grow up. You can be who God wants you to be, not lacking anything. Then he goes, verse five, but if any of you lack wisdom, you should ask God who gives generally to all, what a next phrase, without finding fault. And it will be given to you. Well, that is a very deep verse. 
what in the world are we gonna do with this? First of all, I really love it. If you lack wisdom, ask God and he'll give it to you without finding fault. He's not gonna be the person at work or your mom or your dad or one of your kids whenever they have to explain the internet to you again or the looks and go, you should know this by now. They're a complete idiot. You know, that, that sort of mind. No, God's gonna go, you want wisdom today? He didn't take into account anything else in your life. It's, you want wisdom? Okay. And he's not Loki the trickster God. He's not gonna come, oh, show you how to get. No, it's gonna be a good blessing. You might say, but I've asked for the wisdom and didn't get it. James lets us know why some prayers bounce off the ceiling and they don't go very far. One of them, one of the, one of the ways is right here, verse six. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt. Because the one who doubts like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind, that person should not expect to receive anything from God or the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Warning, James is tough. James is not the grandfather type that you'd like to visit sometimes. James is a cosmic dentist. So when you pray, you've got to believe. I've heard very you know, little one-liners on this. If you pray for rain, carry an umbrella. I think there's some validity to that. We've been praying at the time this is being recorded. I have no idea when you're watching it. The, um, the Americas are, are just getting pummeled with winter storms that are record-breaking cold and ice in places we don't get cold and ice. Uh, every single county in the, the state of Texas, every single county, that means all the way down to Mexico, was under a winter storm warning, and another one's coming today. Now, I'm in Tennessee. Uh, we have not had as many people lose power as those in Texas have. I have, my in-laws are in Texas, my sister's in Texas, I have so many friends in Texas, and this is breaking my heart. In Tennessee, we've had some go without power, and they're saying on this one, it could take out some people. It could take out the power. There are gonna be some people freezing, and more than 20 had already died of this by the count I saw this morning. That's a pretty scary thing. Here comes a storm. So we pray, and I pray God help us to keep our power. You know, Cammie and I aren't young anymore, and. We've had some damage over the years, uh, you know, some accidents and some diseases, so keep our power on, please, but also keep the power on for everybody. Same thing. Well, I did that. Right over there, you can't see it. There's a shelf where I am charging my devices, just in case. I'm charging backup batteries, just in case. In the pantry downstairs, we have several lanterns, flashlights, just in case. Am I then doubting God? No, I'm telling God, I understand that he runs the universe. My prayer is that the weather dodges and dodge everybody. I don't want it to dodge us and really wipe out Smyrna. No, I just want it to dissipate. But Jesus said, watch and pray. Keep your eyes open, be smart. But when it comes to wisdom, there's no way to charge back up wisdom batteries. If you don't know this, wisdom is not knowledge. Knowledge are facts. And there are a lot of people who know a lot of facts, but 
their wisdom is way down. I've met, uh, I was um, uh, the Ayrshire, it's, it's Scottish, the Scottish branch secretary for Mensa for uh, a few years. Mensa's the, the place, you know, a gathering of people with IQs above a genius level. And like I said, I was secretary and, and whenever we'd have an event, it would be at my house or at a local sports uh, facility. Yes, sports facility. But that's a big thing in, in, in Britain where you can go and there are all kinds of things to do and fun. Uh, my wife would say, some of these people, they're, they're poor. They don't have really good jobs and such. And I said, wisdom is not, doesn't mean that you know how to do surgery. Wisdom means you know how to use what you know in a very creative, powerful, and effective way. God's not going to give you wisdom as in, well, you don't have to study, now you know the Bible. No, you have to gain knowledge, but then what to do with it? How do you use what you know? Um, I asked a person today, I said, I'm hearing all these ideas. A lot of them don't really apply, but I'm not sure how to answer that without being a jerk. You see, I'm showing, I don't have wisdom here. Could you share some wisdom with me? Because I'd like to answer these things without being a jerk. Because I can be a jerk, and I'm not proud of that. And most of the time, I don't know I've been a jerk until I look in a rearview mirror and go, oh, that wasn't good. So we ask for wisdom. And I ask for wisdom every day, sometimes several times a day. Um, and I believe God gives it. Because I'm the least qualified person I know of to speak to Christians. I didn't have training in this except for getting busted and beaten around for a bit. And God continually blesses. And so you want a man of sin, you got one. You want a man who's broken, got one. Got, need a man around that's got some spiritual PTSD, I'm your guy. I'm on the poster. But even somebody like me gets wisdom when you ask for it. Um, let me check my time up there. I don't want to go much, too much longer today since we, we ate up so much time with the questions and answers. Um, what I do, I want to use an illustration if I may. Uh, there was a beautiful, beautiful girl and I've lost all contact with her because I don't keep contact with, with very many people at all, frankly, uh, from way back. Um, and I don't look for people on Facebook and they're like, you know, I, that, that just seems, nah, I don't do that. But this girl and I dated for a while, and she was just a, a lovely individual, frankly. Uh, just, I don't have anything negative to say about her after all these years. But we weren't able to really function because things in her past and perhaps in her present would not allow anybody to say something kind or nice to her, about her. If I were to say your hair is nice, she'd go, no, this went wrong, this went wrong. You know, the, the dress is beautiful. She'd be going, no, you know, this, and, and you know, the meal you made was great. Well, this didn't turn out good. There was no way to compliment her without her shoving it all aside. And we had a talk and I said, either you think I'm the dumbest person in the world or with the lowest standards, or you think I'm lying to you. And we could never get past that. And that hurt, it did. It hurt her, it hurt me. And I hope she's had nothing but joy in her life. Um, and I often pray for them. But you see, I couldn't do that 
we can't be the double-minded doubting god would you help me here but i know you're really busy and probably won't and i remember that time you didn't i'll tell you something you ready here's a secret i get really frustrated with god i get angry with him i've wrestled god so many times and he slammed me to the mat so much i've got mat burn and James tells me some of the reasons why it ended up that way. One of them was the doubt thing. Another is I forgot to ask. And another was that I asked for the wrong reasons or asked for things that God's not that concerned about. Hmm. Well, I will, um, I'm gonna leave you to it for now. I'm gonna do a little shorter midweek Bible class. I want you to absorb some of this. Read chapter one. Uh, next week, we will try to finish chapter one. Um, but remember, James even tells you it's okay to be who you are. We'll finish with this. Believers in high circumstances ought to take pride in their high position. But the rich should take pride in their humiliation since they will pass away like a wild flower. For the sun rises with its scorching heat and withers the plant, its blossom fails, its beauty is destroyed. In the same way, the rich will fade away even while they go about their business. Now, why would I leave you with that? Because James is really saying, rich people, it's fine to be rich. You go about your business and you're in a high position, you should be proud of that. You probably worked very hard for that or you knew somebody regardless. But just keep your mortality in mind. Remember that you never step in the same river twice because it's never the same river and you're never the same person. Everything changes. Therefore, as we flow with God, do what you can do with what you've got. High position, rich or very poor. But keep in mind, we are all fading and that redeems the day and makes every day, every bite of food, every swallow of water, really special because it's limited. It's why we like diamonds more than gravel. It's limited. So why, why we like chocolate cake more than grass? No, actually that's not true. Chocolate cake just tastes better. Looking forward to talking to you. Please subscribe. Please tell your friends to subscribe. Doesn't cost anything, and it won't cost anything. And tell them if they'd like to support us, Tithely, PayPal, and they can even send in a check to PO Box 112, Spring Hill, Tennessee, 37174. That helps us keep the lights on and keeps this going out around the world and allows us to do what we're really looking forward to doing next, which is expanding this thing. We got people ready. Now all we have to do is say spirit, run, and we'll try to catch up. God bless all of you.